Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Patrick. And this is Fall Risk. Welcome back, listeners. It's me, Sam, back in the Skydive Pod Lab or Skydive Midwest Pod Lab. Um, I'm joined today by an incredibly talented skydiver and canopy pilot. Um, he's been an active competitor in swooping competitions for for years. Uh, he's been a canopy prototype tester for both PD and a mutant ambassador, as well as part of the 2023 U.S. parachuting team. It's called the parachuting team, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Team, but it like encompasses everybody. Yeah. Okay. We have none other than uh, Mr. Patrick Kessler on the podcast. Pat, thank you for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, so to start, the way these things generally go is we get a really brief overview from you about like your introduction to the sport. So things like what year you started, how many jumps you guys or you have accumulated thus far, um, tunnel time estimate, like that kind of stuff. Um, I started jumping in... 2012 oh wow is that yeah 2012 okay so a little over 10 years yeah a little over 10 years uh-huh. um i have 9700 jumps that's awesome and what was the other question <laughs> <laughs> have you done any tunnel time oh tunnel time i probably have like 20 hours um mostly at paraclete xp's tunnel okay just because there's always nationals there yeah. and so i always go to that tunnel all right Cool. Can I ask why you're wearing your sunglasses? Because I'm this? nervous. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm nervous. So, sometimes I do that same thing. I was wondering that same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I wear sunglasses even in like the building, you know, because it allows me to look at people without feeling like I'm yeah, being a, a goober. Yeah, I don't want to be judged. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I don't have to look at you either. I can just like look at the wall. No, you can look sense. at me. I just <laughs> don't want you to see that I'm looking at you or not looking at that's you. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, okay, so what made you originally want to get into skydiving? What was the thing that like kickstarted the whole process for you? Uh, so a couple of things. So I stopped drinking, um, okay. and in six months I saved up money, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this money because it had been <laughs> the first time that I ever saved money in my life. And a friend of mine came into the bar that I worked as a bouncer, and okay. she was like, do you want to go skydiving tomorrow? And so we rode scooters to the north shore of Oahu, Mm-hmm. And we went to Skydive Hawaii, and I jumped out of an airplane, and um, I was like, "This is my home," because mm-hmm. they were playing the right music that day. And I <laughs> asked them how much it was to skydive, and they were like, "Well, it's sixteen hundred dollars to learn how to skydive." Um, and I was like, "I have sixteen hundred dollars. Like that's exactly <laughs> how much I had saved." So I was like, "I'm just going to learn how to skydive and be a skydiver now." And then like, that's that's how it happened. That's the beginning. Nice. So you learned it in Hawaii. I learned in Hawaii. I learned at Skydive Hawaii. I did my first 60 jumps at Skydive Hawaii. Okay. Um, and then I moved right next door, 300 feet away. Mm-hmm. It's called Go Jump Hawaii yeah. now, but yep. it was Pacific Skydiving at that point. Okay. And so I just uh, I moved over there in my second year. That's cool. decided that I was going to stop working in a bar and start working in skydiving. And so then I just like did 1,100 jumps my second year to learn how to be a tandem videographer. That's awesome. How old were you when you started skydiving? Twenty-seven. Nice. Yeah, too old. Not too old. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, do you have any instructor ratings since then? I have a AFF rate. I have a coach rating, AFF rating, and then I got a tandem rating um, at three years after twenty-one hundred skydives. Okay. I don't have a tandem rating anymore, but why is that? The FAA doesn't want to oh, okay. give give me a medical. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Soon to change from what I hear. Maybe we'll be doing tandems next year. Come on, Mike Watkins. Yeah, I'm into Come it. On, I want to do tandems so bad. I love Let's doing do tandems. It. I mean, you. I mean, I'm sure you were great at it when you when you were doing them. But like you, just, for anyone that doesn't know, Patrick Kessler is huge. He's like seven feet tall. Like everything would be easy. I think for ta- like for you for tandems. I, the my biggest problem with tandems is like I was always I like I have bad shoulders. I was always okay. lazy at the drogue, and I'd mm-hmm. like have to like peel it back off of my yeah. back and set it back in the air because I'm just like and drop and so it's like I probably had like 10 drogue capes oh, wow. in my days of Is that, that's a fun name for yeah, it drogue capes <laughs> drogue cape. <laughs> I love doing tandems because you get somebody to talk to yeah like I, I had 2100 jumps before I took Ron Bell on a tandem and mm-hmm. I was like oh my god Ron it's so nice to have somebody to talk to <laughs> you up took here. Ron huh yeah he taught oh, me great. he was out there in Hawaii at that time he yeah. taught me how to do tandems yeah he Ron did, Ron's back from where I'm at, or like where I'm from. Yeah, like, he's from STC, right? Yeah. Well, that area, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like a hutch jumper for a really long time. Hutch isn't around anymore, but it's in that area. Ron's cool. We have yeah. a good, me and Ron have a good bond. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. If Ron's listening to this, he's going to, for for a lot of people listening, the context of this is not going to make any sense. But uh, when I was doing my AFF rating, um, he made us dinner one night because he was one of the examiners in our course, him and Mike Watkins. He made us dinner one night and he, um, he made like this chicken Parmesan like with, like leafy greens in it or something and he was like yeah i foraged all these greens this morning and we're like what really where'd you get them he's like oh back from over that tree line this is milkweed and i remember eating it and being like uh what like is it milkweed poisonous it was literally i just stopped and stared at him like my mouth half hanging open he was like no it's fine like you're good he explained to me what what was good about that but he like if he's listening to this he'll he always gets a kick out of that story because apparently my face was hilarious so (laughs) anyway ron bell he's great uh cool what a start man yeah do they still do that in Hawaii? Like, do they still teach so AFF? Sky Dive Hawaii, kind of shortly after I went through their process, they stopped doing fun jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the fun jumpers, it's not a very big community. It's mostly military, most mostly yeah. military as far as fun jumpers go. Um, but most of the fun jumpers are at Pacific. And so Pacific was doing AFF the whole time, but they like kind of upped their game in AFF. Um, and after, after I stopped working there, it dwindled off pretty quick before they were like no fun jumpers. Yeah. Um, and then just recently go jump like Jan, July 15th, um, go jump started letting fun jumpers go back out. I saw that. That's really awesome. I saw that memo that went out for that. Yeah. Um, so what's different? So as an AFF instructor now, who's been mostly working in landlocked areas. Yeah. Landlocked. I say landlocked because it's not the ocean. I try to stay next to the lakes though. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's what I mean is like landlocked. We're right next to Lake Michigan, but, um, what's different about the AFF program there versus here? Is there anything major besides like the water part of it? Like the water training part of it? We focus on canopy a lot out there. Cause okay. like my first jump was in 20, 20 plus winds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like unsafe. It was clean. It's, it's clean off of the ocean. Yeah. Um, and then my second jump was in zero wind and like <laughs> I've floated the whole landing area, yeah. landed on the trees on that jump. Like Oof. it was, yeah, I, humble beginnings for sure. <laughs> but we focus a lot on canopy. So like those, those drills that, that are in the AFF, but we're like above and beyond those drills, um, just to give somebody a leg up. Like, yeah. and, and everything starts sunrise there for yeah. for students. So it's like, and they jump maybe two or three hours a day before the wind is like, yeah, it's 
15 and not clean anymore like we're not going to put a student up anymore so it's it's very trying to learn how to skydive there yeah so got to kind of be a local or around for ages yeah, yeah for sure like it took me it took me four or five months and i was like i worked at night i was worked in the bar so i worked mm. at night so i was like every day i was there and yeah. so i got through relatively quickly and i think it still took me four months to yeah. get until i could jump by myself Okay. <laughs> so it okay. took a while. So a bouncer, huh? You're yeah, I was a bartender, production. Yeah. I've like kind of worked every role in a bar, promotions, production. I came from live sound and um, and s- studio sound and lighting. Makes yeah. sense why you knew that was yeah, from Guitar Center. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Behringer. It's like their um, proprietary brand now. Okay. He's talking about some of the gear that's sitting in front of us for... Uh, for anyone that's listening, he's talking about our uh, the mixer, um, the the audio mixer right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird little thing. Like the thing doesn't go in all the way. the The jack, the headphone jack, doesn't go in all the way. If it does, it, I can't hear anything <laughs> like in these headphones. It's so strange. But yeah, he just was like out of nowhere. He was like, "Oh yeah, that's from Guitar Center." Like la da 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 da. I rattled off a bunch of uh, information. It's like that makes sense. Yeah, that's why you I, know that. <laughs> I did that for. I, when I got out of the military, that's what I did. I went worked at Guitar Center, and so I built a bunch of studios, built a bunch of nightclubs with random owners, and and it just put me in the bar scene. Yeah. And I knew that's why I quit drinking, and then I started skydiving. Yeah. Like it put me in the bar scene, and that's not wasn't okay. great for you a young were, impressionable person. You were in the military then. Yeah, from two thousand two two thousand six. Okay, like right out of high school. What what branch? Army. Okay. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> you don't ever talk about it. No. It, no. It doesn't need to be said, huh? I suppose. Okay. All right. Interesting. Wow. I'm learning so many new things. <laughs> uh, what's up? Oh. <laughs> You're like going to raise your hand. It's the same reason I'm wearing like, sunglasses mm-hmm. is because right. I'm nervous. <laughs> Do you remember what your uh, first student jump was like? I was a, like a flying potato chip. <laughs> um, okay. I think my first instructor was Joe Turner. I think he's in like Thailand or something, or maybe he doesn't skydive anymore. But he's as big as me, okay. and like I, we just weeble wobbled the whole time. <laughs> I was not relaxed. Even my first tandem, I was like, I looked straight down at the ground, yeah. big old starfish, like weeble wobbling. My my video guy's like struggling to stay with us. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like very nervous mm-hmm. until like a hundred jumps, and then like slightly nervous until about 200 jumps <laughs> i wasn't really good at the parachute part in the beginning i bounced off the ground so many times in the first okay. 60 jumps like i yeah i wasn't i gonna, did not figure out how to flare for we're sure gonna, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that in just a little <laughs> bit here actually um but before we get to that let's talk about a little bit about what you um what you like to do outside of skydiving if anything well uh paragliding yeah. i paraglide i I mini paraglide and I speed fly. Uh-huh. Um, not here. All the parachutes uh, were spread out this yeah. morning. <laughs> so many parachutes to pack because I'm not flying here. I'm mm-hmm. only kiting here basically because it's too small wings. Um, I like to snowmobile in the winter mm-hmm. and ski and uh, a little bit of speed riding. I haven't really dabbled too much into it. I think I have like eight flights at most. Um, but yeah, it's mostly skydiving in the summertime and then mm-hmm. mostly snow snow in the um winter time okay and then uh me and my girlfriend we drive around and we go to national parks mm-hmm. as a as a vet you get to go to all the national parks for free oh, that's and cool. she's active military i'm a vet so we get in 
to the national parks for free. And so we're like checking them all off. How many can you get to in a year? What's the coolest one you've been to? What's your favorite? Uh, Yosemite? Yeah. I would say Yosemite just because it's like massive. Yeah. Um, But we went to Acadia last month Mm -hmm. and it was like, it looked like a murder mystery novel because it was so foggy every day like apparently the place is really beautiful oh, but that's a vibe. we couldn't see like 100 200 feet in front of us so i would like, feel so at home in that though yeah it, everything was like oh this is a james patterson novel cover yeah. like oh look yeah. here's a romance novel cover here it's like every picture we took you could barely see the background but it was yeah spooky. it was a whole it was a whole vibe for sure it sounds spooky man sounds great yeah could you imagine doing halloween out there oh yeah if it was like okay. that i mean other than it's super wet, you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to wear like any kind of paper on your costume because <laughs> everything was super soggy. Oh, that's great. All right. Cool. I got to put that on my list of places to go then because that sounds awesome. And Skydive New England is like, you can't get in Maine without going past yeah. Skydive New England. It's right there. It's a uh-huh. great drop zone. They heard gotta, really good things about them this year, actually. Yeah. Uh, people have, people keep talking. Lauren in particular talks a lot about that place and that's a... It's a lot of fun. It's super awesome. It's like a little yeah. hangar drops out. Like not like Skydive Midwest big hangar. It's like a little hangar, house hangar. I don't even know if it would fit an airplane. Yeah. Kind of maybe a Cessna airplane. Mm-hmm. And But they just crank out loads all day. Two caravans. Do they have a pond there? Yeah, it's like a yeah. dog bone. It's definitely not yeah. Um, regulation. Yeah. I think I just saw a video of someone on that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have some really good pro pilots there. Some really good intermediate pilots. It's a good facility to go to like it's i'm gonna stop talking new, about it's new england, new england yeah. <laughs> go there There's your free check commercial. it out <laughs> you ever wanted to see upstate upstate uh what is, what is that area called it's maine maine yeah so yeah. if you ever want to see maine in the fall go out there and go have fun yeah, at, at skydive new england too as i well. didn't jump there the last time i was there i yeah. jumped there this time and like we went up on like a close to sunset jump and it was like misty and uh-huh. there's like what they call mountains there, it's not a mountain. That's like a 1,500-foot hill, but there's a bunch of them, and it was beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't jump here last year. It's so beautiful. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Another reason to go visit Maine. Um, What do you enjoy the most about skydiving so far? Canopy piloting. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to swoop. I it's between canopy piloting and the first face that somebody makes on their very first skydive out the door. Yeah. That's why I'm a camera flyer is because I like that face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's between those two. I like to swoop and I like that face. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. Everything else is just a bonus. What's the least favorite thing about skydiving? Do you have one? Um, Packing. <laughs> okay. Fair. It's Fair. Yeah. Packing. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It doesn't take me very long to pack, uh-huh. but like, I'm not as young as I was when I started skydiving. Yeah. I could pack easy, super mm-hmm. easy before, and now I'm like, I get up, my back hurts, and yep. like, I'm just an older man now, and I don't want to pack anymore. But right. I am also too scared to have somebody else pack for me. Yes. So I'm in that same boat. Or <laughs> I'm like, don't touch my gear. But oh, I gotta pack it myself. Fuck, I don't really want to pack it myself. I have found uh, at the end of the se- or at the end of the day out here so far this season is like I'm making excuses to not finish the pack job. If that makes sense. Like oh, I'll, yeah. I'll lay it down and be like, oh, that's right. I gotta go do this, this, and this. Like and walk away from it and then come back. Fuck, I still gotta pack it. Yeah, you this. do like, all of the hard work. <laughs> get it in the cocoon on the ground. Yeah. And you're like. I got other stuff to do, but then it comes back to haunt you because you're like, well, now I'm not going to pick it up because I've already done all this work. Yep. I feel you. That's awesome. I am. 
I'm in that same exact boat. I'm like, I don't want anyone else touching my gear and I, I don't feel comfortable having anyone touch it, but I also don't really want to pack this unless I have to go up and go skydive again. I will climb through the, the whole plane. Like I will <laughs> crawl through the whole plane. Like Lauren, can you check my pin? I bumped it. Can you check it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Vector yep. flaps for reserve flaps are just like, they don't like to stay in the place mm-hmm. and they, you don't like ask somebody to jump some mirage to yeah. tuck your vector I, flap in. Yeah. I do a lot of back flying. So it's like my worst fear yeah. to have my, like I have everything. Ex- mm-hmm. Like I'd rather pull a little bit harder on my reserve than have yeah. a loose reserve. Like, have you ever seen a preemie in free fall? Like you've ever seen it happen? No, I don't want to. It is fucking wild. Yeah. I, so, I don't I, want to see. Oh, I, I've seen it on a sport rig. Okay. Um, But it, to me, from like the angle that I was on, I was on like the dude's left side, my friend uh-huh. Jordan, and and I thought he pulled his pilot chute. Yeah. I didn't think that it like went on its own, but all of a sudden he was just like under mm-hmm. a canopy, and I'm like, oh, well, that's fun mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have seen one. I've only seen one, and it was years and years and years ago. We were on an angle jump, and he was on the top. He was on the very. Thank God he was on the very top, right? So like I'm underneath. I am the back row of the back flyers we're flying we're flying we're flying then all of a sudden just like boom canopy out he gets ripped right out of the formation oh, we were like worst. oh my god <laughs> that's a brutal that's a brutal thing to do too on an angle jump yeah it's uh is wild he was fine he was okay but yeah me and downward neil, angle neil and i will fly and yeah. like and we're like oh yeah it's break off time and everybody breaks off around us and we're just mm-hmm. like let's keep going yeah. <laughs> and get low and you just barely space out and pull mm-hmm. and like I did not stop to wave off. I no. have pulled at yeah. 2,500 feet. Oh, yeah. And it's brutal. <laughs> yes. It's not fun. Uh, so I've had a few of those um, this year, actually, with the with the, my camera wings when I'm filming another tandem. Because these tandem canopies that they're jumping here, they, oh, they snivel so much. And you don't want to be underneath that thing just in case it takes a little extra, right? So I've been tracking and then forgotten to keep like bring my legs back in uh while uh while tracking away and i'll just reach back to pull and i don't know if it's something added with the wings or if it's just my legs are really really far out or what but i've gotten snapped a couple of times like, i always get canopy. snapped because i never i always <laughs> pull on a track i have camera wings so i'm like i deploy like a wingsuit i was just yeah. like backtrack away roll over i'm not stopping I'm, i don't advise anybody to do yeah, that no, this is not good <laughs> practice but camera flying is a different sport it's not pretty <laughs> Ah, so much fun. Um, have you competed in skydiving in any fashion? Well, yeah, canopy piloting. Yeah. Quite a bit. Anything else? Uh, Richo uh, asked me to be on a four-way team. <laughs> and so we did, we killed it. Yeah. I think we did the open because we didn't want to sandbag the advanced class. Okay. It turns out we, I don't <laughs> think we would have sandbagged anything. We we got like maybe just a little over one point average. Nice. And then so... I was like, oh, belly stuff's pretty fun. <laughs> um, and so I did an eight-way with, like, a the Skydive Danielson people needed okay. two more people. So uh, me and Corinne from Cross Keys decided to join them. And it's, like, a bunch of 200-jump people. And they're, like, mentors from the drop zone. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really fun. We yeah. also crushed it. I think we got, like, one point average, 1.4 average or something. That was super yeah. fun. Um, I couldn't get picked up for 16 way. I was definitely trying super <laughs> hard, uh, but they're a little more dedicated. Yeah. Um, and then we did 10 way as like our team was nine out of 10 people would recommend PD. And we mm-hmm. had like uh, Frank from Skydive Arizona. He's an Aerodyne pilot or whatever. Okay. Um, and that's why it was called that. But <laughs> Matt Leonard led it and 
it was all really good skydivers like but really bad at 10 way <laughs> like we collected all all of the all of the time and i think yeah. you're going for like golf where you get the lowest time yeah and we did not score. Was that Speed Star? It was like a 10 way Speed Star? It's not Speed Stars, though. It's like it's formations. Like one's called a Ray for a Dragon, where you have like two people like head to head and then like two on one side doing, I forget what they call it, like a cat or something. Uh-huh. And then like the rest of the people are on the other side doing a cat. Like I was uh-huh. like, I was wearing my mutant harness. And mm-hmm. so like I was always the last one in the formation. And I like, <laughs> they scorpion the shit out of me. Like yeah. I went over the top of that. I was like, I'm going to track away this way. And then all of a sudden I'm tracking away the other way. Like <laughs> it, it's a challenging discipline. It's combat skydiving. So you would like leave unlinked. I guess you can cheat and leave linked, but like you leave unlinked and it is combat skydiving. Yeah. It, people get hurt. They do it at the end of the belly group because they know people are going to get hurt. <laughs> But it was it's very challenging. I would That's do it wild. again because it's super challenging. <laughs> okay. That's wild. That's great. Wow. Rafer Dragon. What it's a just name one for of, it. It's just one of the formations. There's so many weird formations. Like I couldn't make that formation if you gave me 18,000 feet and I had <laughs> nine skilled people with me. Does it fly fast or fly slow? Something like that. Because I imagine it's like long and skinny. Everyone's in a line. Almost. It, it slows down. Yeah. Like... The tail, like, unless you know what you're doing, which yeah. we didn't, um, <laughs> the tail is going to snap over the top. Huh. Like, you, ha- you like, start high on it, and then you, like, link up, and it's like, nope, yeah. going back up. And you just, like, you go down, and you're like, oh, look, there's the formation above you. And then all of a sudden, like, nope, recoil. Huh. And you're back above the formation, like, slung off into the abyss. Someone who knows more about physics should tell us why that is, like, why that happens that way. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Gorka probably knows. Gorka probably has the answer, (laughs) but not the time to explain it to anybody. So, all right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, At what point did you realize canopy piloting was the direction you wanted to go with your skydiving career, though? So, okay. So, like in Hawaii, everybody swoops. That's, you were like in this, we're at the end of a runway and (laughs) you kind of go into a, it's bigger than a football field. It's like a really big soccer field maybe. Mm-hmm. And there's a tr- one singular row of trees that causes turbulence. And so everybody there just swoops um, because fight through the turbulence. And so um, it kind of became like a natural progression. Okay. Um, I probably didn't have the best pathway to it, but <laughs> okay. I survived it. I've never been... Um, extensively injured swooping um (laughs) but i've definitely bounced off the ground like trying going about it Mm -hmm. the ragtag way or the reckless way but um yeah it just like my very first so my very first tandem a a dude got out of the airplane mikey and uh my camera guy snapped a picture of him and Mm -hmm. i was like what's that dude doing and they're like oh he's doing a hop and pop because he's training for a competition Uh so it started like at the very i'm like i want to do that yeah right and then i found out like his pathway he's a camera flyer and yeah he was like i wouldn't i don't want to stroke his ego and say he was my idol Mm -hmm. but like he was like definitely my first like i want to do what that guy's doing because i rode a more i rode a motorcycle to the drop zone so it was like (laughs) i was all about going fast and kind of getting into that flow that zone if you will Mm -hmm. and so it kind of just i sold my motorcycle bought a parachute let's swoop like yeah okay 
When when did you start competing in canopy related disciplines though? Um I don't remember the year. I 15, 2015 okay. I think, and it was like I was on a clapped out Velo 96 <laughs> I bought for 500 bucks. Um times have changed, man. Yeah. It yeah. was like just the very first Valkyries we're just like prototyping at that yeah. point. Like 2016 is when we got on the Valkyries. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like, that was the death of it. This parachute shouldn't have been jumped. It was like somebody <laughs> had it. They were getting out of the sport and bought it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I competed on that one. I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did. Okay. It wasn't terrible. It was, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. So like I landed in zone accuracy, ran out the back, like wait, I went like, from the center box which is a hundred points and i was like (laughs) killing it and i was like so stoked i put my hands up and like walked out the back of it with the parachute over my head and that's how you get a three (laughs) and so (laughs) i ended up like not doing i mean i did okay but i didn't do well yeah but it competing in canopy piling is it you push the envelope and you push the envelope and like Mm -hmm. you just kind of want to see how far you can take it nobody in canopy piling is necessarily reckless when they go into competition some people Mm. are but they wash themselves out pretty quick but like the top people and the best intermediate people are all we're just a bunch of nerds so it's like (laughs) it it's a fun project to like see what yeah see what's next and that was the long-winded answer i think (laughs) that's a very simple question 2015 2015 (laughs) what's your i mean okay so you kind of just you you just touched on it a little bit but like what is the ultimate goal during competition besides besides just like pushing it as hard as you can i mean we all know winning is important but is there anything else that drives that focus like so i'm not i don't go there when i go to nationals i want to get a patch i want to be on the u.s team and and represent the u.s because i think i'm good i don't think i'm the best i'm not kurt bartholomew or anything Mm -hmm. like i don't think but when I go to a competition, I don't need to stand on the podium. Mm-hmm. It's a bonus if I stand on the podium. Like I think I got last, not last place, fifth place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they call five people up there. And so I wasn't standing on a box. I was standing next to the boxes. Um, <laughs> but I just like to be among among the best because yeah. we talk and we are sharing ideas and we are we all are learning different things about these parachutes. And so... My goal anytime is to like just pick up a new, see something, do something, try a new technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go into competition, I just try to like focus on a formula. Like this okay. works. And so don't change anything. Like do, if we're doing three rounds of each thing, do this three times. Don't change anything um, other than adjusting for the wind or whatever. Okay. But it's working out formulas and then seeing what other people's formulas are and seeing why they work and how I can adapt it to what my formula is okay so you're talking about a formula and about figuring out like xyz of that formula and how to get like the best result out of it right what is the bigger contributor to uh what's the word what's the word I'm looking for changing the formula or like making the formula more exact I guess is it personal skill set or is it the gear that you're using like so i imagine i don't know anything about canopy like swooping i don't know anything about like competition rules i don't know any really anything about like how people get to that level you know like what type of work you're putting in i don't really understand any of that you know like and 
So forgive me when I try and formulate this question because I don't know if it's going to make sense. But like if you think about it in terms of like technology, right? So technology has always kept advancing. It just keeps moving forward, right? And it's because all of these factors continue to change or we have new information or we understand more about ourselves or, or an object or something else. Like we understand it better so we can take that understanding and apply it to like a new formula to make things progress does that make sense yeah right i i get i get what you're what you're asking the formula that i'm talking about is like uh i am i am starting at a certain altitude and i'm trying to uh-huh. achieve a certain dive angle yeah. and maintain that dive angle for as long as possible before hitting the target window of when i'm going to finish turning and mm-hmm. and part of the formula is putting that on the line for yeah. a swoop comp personal skill set is something that you build over build over time and you gain experience through doing i think mm-hmm. um the equipment technology right we're in a weird time right now like the valkyrie came out and the peregrines came out and those are machines and like the leas and the petras yeah. and the whatever fluid makes that is in contention it's like basically like the hk and the hkt mm-hmm. um though when those came out, it changed the changed the game. And yep. then, like, UPT saw what Fred and Vince were doing with this mutant harness. <laughs> mutant. Uh, <laughs> it's named after a dude. Okay. And, and then, like, hey, like, you like your Valkyrie and you like your Peregrine? Like, here's some steroids for it. And so <laughs> okay. it's, it's everything. Like, okay. it's everything. That's what the hardest part about canopy piloting is, is, like, well, how do you get into it? Well, start slow, as mm-hmm. slow as possible. Like the, survive through the whole process, but it, because you have to do one thing at a time. It's not yeah. like I'm like, oh, Sam, you want to learn how to swoop? Here's a mutant with a seventy-one yeah. Valkyrie in it. Like, make sure you pull the yellow things when you're done. Like, <laughs> because you wouldn't survive. But like, I can, I can do piece by piece, give you the step by step to get you there. And yeah. And I didn't really, I learned how to, I put skydiving swooping together mm-hmm. from speed flying swooping. And so like I was adapting the supine position to the conventional skydiving position. And and then the mutant, like once I got the mutant, I was like, it all makes sense again. Like yeah. because it was comfortable. I've hundreds of hours flying a speed wing. And so it, I was just like, come on, give me the mutant, give me the mutant, give me, the, I like mm-hmm. begged for it in the beginning. Um, cause I saw it at my very first nationals, like, what is that? Why do you have it? How do I get it? Yep. And then was like, it wasn't very much longer before I had it in my hands. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a culmination of everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's formula is going to be different because I, I fly a 61 and a 71 Peregrine for competition mm-hmm. and Kurt flies every single size peregrine that there are with weight. Like he has the ability to put on weight. I'm too heavy to wear like lead weight. Um, some some people, uh, I can't really think of an example. Like V Prib, he's another mutant flyer. He can wear a little bit of weight. Um, and so they can change their wing and change their weight. I get one set of weight and I'm like, I've got these two wings. So I have yeah. to like adapt in that in that form. So everybody's got kind of a different formula and there's so many things that work. Mm-hmm. So one per 
I don't think anybody's got it just right yet. Yeah. But I don't think anybody that's doing it at a professional level has got it wrong either. Like yeah. we just have all different kind of techniques that work. So Kurt's probably the only one that's nearly perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> if you're not listening, I know you're not listening, but if you are, like, don't let that go to your head. Sir. Yeah, don't let it go to your uh, head. Uh, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> so... What I what I'm hearing out of that is that it's a it's a two part it's a two part answer to that to that prompt of like fifty seven uh, questions you, know. you just asked yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it has a lot to do with your own personal skill set, but like figuring out the formula that works for your body type or your skill set or your you know. But then also on the other end of that is like the type of canopy you're flying, the flight characteristics, how it how it penetrates the air, how it never a good reason to use penetrate that word either. By the way. I mean, that that's a pretty good reason <laughs> to <laughs> penetrate. Penetrate's uh, a great word, but it shouldn't be said. It shouldn't be used ever <laughs> in public, just like moist or something. Like uh, it's just like you just like hideous. It's yeah. just a hideous word. It's awful. Um. Anyway, so there's tons of different like factors that go into it, other than just like you're gonna turn at this altitude. You know, I think like the conventional, sw- conventional, the conventional swooper, right? Who's just like hucking it for a good time on the drop zone, maybe doesn't have any interest in like really pursuing beer um, line swoopers. Beer line swoopers. Yeah, there not, you go. Not competition swoopers. There you go. Beer line. I yeah. like that. That's it's, a good way so to say like it. So like we make the analogy of like um, a beer line swooper uh, is a guy at a driving range. <laughs> he is probably pretty good at hitting the ball all the way down there yeah. but you take him to pebble beach uh-huh. golf course and see how good you are a yeah. competition swooper is like on a golf course not yeah. at a driving range you are told where the hole is yeah you don't get to like shoot it off into the wind kind mm-hmm. of in the beer line swooper you can kind of huck it through the trees and yeah grind the road and swoop yeah. to these cars because the door was open kind of like mm-hmm. some random stuff i understand when you say you guys are nerds then because like the 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 necessary like amount of time and effort and like thoughtfulness that goes into planning these skydives and like analyzing what it is you're doing at any given time during it you know and being able to pick those pieces apart like that's on a whole nother level in terms of like intensity and like so you know so like we we all pretty much use a fly site and okay it's a gps recorder for people that don't know what that is it's just a little jeep it reads a GPS signal every tenth of a second on an mm-hmm. XYZ axis. Um, and I use a... Dan Raymond created this... Uh, he's an old-time Swoop Pro. Uh, he created this software called G-Swoop. And it puts it into an easy-to-read metric. Mm-hmm. One of The first page of that metric is like, how long were you swooping for? It tells you like the time frame, right? Yep. Um, and it's like 18 seconds. Okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm analyzing 18 seconds... For like 45 minutes post yeah. jump, like to get good. And then like, so I'll do six jumps in a day and my brain is wrecked. My body is still good, but my brain is wrecked because I'm like analyzing, over analyzing, And then like you have to go up there and like just mm-hmm. do nothing. Yeah. Like swooping is like doing as little as humanly possible, like saving Sir, Sir Marshall. Like do less, <laughs> do less. No, do a little <laughs> more, do less. Um, it's like you go up there and you just try to be as fluid and as calm as humanly possible. And... And so it's like, yeah, you're, it's super nerdy and you have to like use instruments. You're a pilot. You have to use instruments. And like, that's why swooping isn't, we call it canopy piloting on the professional level. When we Mm -hmm. advertise it to the general public, we call it canopy piloting because Mm -hmm. we are literally piloting. Swooping is what you do at your home drop zone. Mm 
Yeah. On to catch a beer at the end of the day kind of thing. So <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, it always blows my mind. Like So it, it used to blow my mind all the time, but now after talking to you and Richo um, more in depth about like the details that go into the, something like this, you know, like a competitive, this part of the competitive canopy flying, piloting, uh, it blows my mind when you, I mean, when you go to a drop zone and you hold a course or you talk to the beer line swoopers and they don't want to listen or like they don't, you know what I mean? Like it blows my mind because there's so many factors that go into something like this, even more so than I ever realized, you know, like I, again, canopy piling is great. I like to go fast, but just fast enough to like have fun and not to work really, really hard and or, or be super concerned about what it is that I'm doing. Um, like it, it blew my mind as a young jumper watching watching folks like that, you know, resist more information, you know, and resist like uh, resist um, advice when it came their way. And now it really blows my mind when I see it, too, as well, like knowing just a little bit more about all the different factor pieces that can be altered or changed if you just had more information. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no like doubt. It, I mean, people people like take home home turf advice, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've been swooping my katana for yeah. six months, and I'm doing really good." And I'm like, "Oh, where's your belly band?" And they're like, "What's a belly band?" <laughs> and I'm like, "The piece that connects you to the harness." Yeah. And they're like. I didn't know I needed a belly band. Like you don't need a belly band, but if you want to be any good, yeah, like they won't go to a swoop comp and see somebody not wearing a belly band. I'll tell you that right now. Like mm-hmm. if you depends on what you want to do, you want to like show off to the boys and, mm-hmm. or do you want, or girls? Sorry, boys or girls, um, or do you want to go hang with the big boys for yeah. lack of a better term? Yep. Or girls. It's just it's interesting. Like the more I more I learn about it, and like to take this with a grain of salt because like I'm probably never going to I I it's not a probably I will never do this I will never I will never even venture into that that arena um any more than I already have uh in terms of like being a beer line swooper or just like hucking it at at, at my home drop zone and having fun um I will probably never ever go farther than where I am right now but it is really interesting to learn more about it and have a have more of a um skill set to understand that information even though I'm not doing it, you know? Well, they but put it, a new liner in the pond and you're here next year. <laughs> you might change. The first time you touch water, people are like, oh, well, that was really fun. How do I do that better? Like, that's yeah. that's that's where the needle goes in the arm. Okay. That's, where, that's where it's like, oh, that was super cool. I can't, like, can I drag for 10 that's, feet longer? That's so far away. Yeah. <laughs> so far away. I'm not even going to, like, broach that to, broach that idea. But, um, like, just with my skill set and understanding what it is you guys are talking about and having, like, a... a a, a quasi um, good understanding of what it of some of the things that go into this like it blows my mind that there are so many little adjustments that you guys that people can make to make their canopy skill set better and they refuse to listen or not even listen they just don't want to take that information like from any it, it's just mind-blowing no, it's sure. mind-blowing like we're lucky to like be in skydiving at this time yeah. because the stiletto came out and yeah. femurs were blowing out everywhere. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. This canopy is dangerous because we don't know what we're doing. But like a stiletto is a viable canopy now if you learn how to fly it. Mm-hmm. Is it the fastest? Is it the best canopy that's ever been made? No. But it's if you know how to fly. I loved mm. flying my stilettos because I could carve everywhere on that thing. <laughs> right? Don't carve your stiletto. But like 
it because we have so much more experience yeah. to, and more coaches and yeah. people that know how to teach people how to do this like it it's gotten way safer yeah, like you go to a swoop comp and it's way safer than you think it was mm-hmm. ever going to be mm-hmm. the resources have just like expanded like dramatically and they've had i mean to, like we're talking about technology they've yeah. had to like yeah if we didn't we would just have a bunch of dead engineers so yeah take it take it all in guys take it with a grain of salt but take it all in man you never know what's gonna help so let's talk about coaching canopy coaching right how long have you been actively coaching other skydivers on canopy related uh tasks and skills so like uh, the B license card came out in in Hawaii. We were teaching students, so okay. I taught the B license course in Hawaii, okay. and um, and I was competing. I think it was like 2016, maybe that. Okay. That's when all that started coming out, and so I would teach the B license course, and I fell in love with teaching people how to fly canopy, and mm-hmm. I taught a lot of people how to swoop, and I taught a lot of people how to speed fly, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially during COVID when skydiving shut down, we took to the mountains in Hawaii. Um, and I just have a very safe formula that I was teaching by because people don't know what they don't know. They yeah. go out there and huck it is, <laughs> is not a term that I would use in coaching. Yeah. That's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I teach more fluidity than that. Yeah. Like I teach very calm, calm manner. And so, um, I I teach like a technique that is is more like I use the word yoga a lot when I <laughs> teach canopy flying, and and uh, just as an analogy, but it's I just fell in love with teaching mm-hmm. people because you see them succeed and and nobody does well on the yeah. day of coaching. They all don't do well, and then two three days later, my phone rings and they're like, "Dude, you were right," and I'm like. <laughs> I hate hearing that, but I'm stoked that it's working out for you. Let me yeah. know if I can be like it, that when it works for somebody and the formula works and they see that it works. It's like that's that's why I do it. And that's why I wanted to do it because I saw it just work just in the B license program, teaching teaching it as a five jump course or teaching it as two back to back air to air communications jumps because we were jumping like do high pole and then monkey mm-hmm. see monkey do with air to air communications. And it's it's just fun it's really fun okay i i took your course last year um <laughs> i didn't think it was happening either like because nobody had told me anything beyond like oh you want to do it cool and like no one <laughs> i remember walking we've been waiting for you like oh really my bad i'm so sorry <laughs> i didn't know this was still happening like yes let's that go that wasn't my fault in <laughs> no, my defense that wasn't no, no. my fault it was run by the drop zone yep. okay and it was it was the person organizing the event like they did not let me know that that was actually gonna happen <laughs> Because I was like, can I, I get a list of the people that are yeah. in the course? She's like, I don't, I don't have a list. I don't know who it is. I'm like, I don't know how that, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how it's going on in there. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was going to be doing this today till right this moment. Uh, yeah. No. So I've only, the, the stuff that I learned from you and the way you were teaching things um, in class last year, uh, I've only ever had one other person explain it to me that way. It was a long time ago. It was right when I first started like even potentially trying to like do turns like 90 and I've never gotten anything past a 90 or I've never tried anything past a 90. I just don't have really any interest in like pushing it that much farther. I, my brain doesn't operate that same way. Like being able to pick things apart like that, you know, I'm a visual learner and like it is hard to learn what it is you're doing 
you know what I mean? Like yep. you have to have a way better body awareness and like awareness of what it is you're you're doing hand eye like hand eye coordination. Like I don't have that. I learn by watching other people, and it is like I have always found it impossible to like translate that's why, that skill that's why set, I teach you know? the way like that's why I teach yeah. the way that I do is like yep. I put everybody like in groups and like yeah you're doing mm-hmm. 90s and this guy's yep. doing a 450 but like you see what I'm talking about yes because of yep. this like but some of the things you talked about like in terms of like leaning and carving and those like that makes sense to me versus you know at 10 o'clock you're gonna you're gonna touch this thing and then you're gonna touch this thing and it's gonna be these steps like lot of you know it just doesn't I've taken other canopy courses before in the past um I was I did my very first one was with Jessica Edgington way back in the oh, day yeah, yeah. um and I I learned a lot just about how the canopy works was in that general. flight one she was flight yeah, one at that point yep. cool. um way back in the day and that was just like my intro to understanding like what my canopy is doing at any given time like and when you input this direction this is what's happening and this is why your canopy is reacting this way and that was just all about accuracy and learning more about how the parachute like how the the idea of a parachute works in general it was fantastic learned a ton with that um and then we did i did a that's a lot of classroom there right syllabus you got slideshows and yeah um i did a canopy course um with a guy named dimitri dodic 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 um in paris um and i learned quite a bit about my 90s in that one is that Um, the fast tracks guy it's it like is, flies all what, red. It's like they? red and black. No, he was part of what is their what is the name of their group? I think it still is active. Josh Colby is part of it. Angie Aragon's wife or husband wife husband. Um, there's a I have a sticker of it at home and I can't remember what it is. It on here? It's not on here. Sorry, <laughs> thought it might have been on there for a second. Um, it's something canopy. So it's canopy courses or something. I can't remember, but I did one with him too way back um, when I first got my cross, my first Crossfire too, and um, that was a lot of fun. Like just learning more about you know turning and like uh, altitude. You know, understanding all of those things. It was my very like the barest version of like an intro to swooping, like beer line swooping, you know. Was that um, like a jump by jump or was that a syllabus slideshow? No, it was thing? a jump by jump. jump. By jump. Um, he put me, he put uh, an extended camera on my helmet oh, and pointed cool. it down at my hips so you could see what I was oh. doing in my harness, um, see what I was doing with my hands. Uh, and uh, that, it was just one-on-one. It was one-on-one coaching. I was oh, the only cool. person in the group. So I was like, sweet. I did like eight jumps that day, you know? So I learned quite a lot about it. And then he was there working at the drop zone. So for the rest of the season, he would just make little tweaks, you know, to things like that I was doing. Um, and uh, then I think, oh, who was the next one? It was um, TJ. TJ Langring yeah, came up to Skydive Twin Cities. And I didn't get a ton out of that one, to be super real. Like, um, he had a lot of different canopy pilots on that in that group and I don't know if I just fell in between the cracks in terms of what I was trying to do but I just didn't feel like I got a lot out of it not a big enough turn not a not a mellow enough canopy yeah the wind I was on my JFX at that time my JX or JFX 94 and I was doing basically the same type of turn that I had been doing at Paris on the crossfire too which is like 90 to the right yeah (laughs) yeah right like 90 to the left yeah (laughs) (laughs) I so I wasn't really doing anything super crazy, but I didn't get a lot out of that. And then they had told me you were coming and I didn't really, I had no idea of who you were or like, I, I'd never, <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had never met you prior to that, but they were like, no, you should take it. It's awesome. And then up until that point, a friend of mine, Andreas was really giving me a lot of coaching about like just turn using your canopy or t- using your harness to turn instead of like 
touching anything on on your risers or touching you know your fronts or anything like that and that seemed to work really well for me but uh so andreas used to tell me this thing about how or he used to tell me a lot of stuff that was that you also touched on you know, like, or like I had heard re reiterated in your class. And okay, I was like, good. oh, okay. Like pretty much everybody that I've talked to, but like after I talked to Andreas about some of this stuff has told me like, no, that's a shit way to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it like that. Um, and it was really nice and refreshing to, to hear a, a, a version of it where you had prefaced it as like, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right or the wrong way, but it will work. It will work for what you want it, it to work. do, yeah. you know? So like. Now, the formula, like Here's everybody's formula is different. Yeah. Like everybody's formula is different. If you mm-hmm. are not intending to touch the edge yeah. with your canopy and go through gates, mm-hmm. then you don't have to push to the edge. Yeah. Like you can still have fun on a canopy. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you fly or that you go a hundred miles an hour across yeah. the ground. It's if you're having fun, mm-hmm. Hopefully we can figure out how to make it safe. Yeah. I guess that really long winded story was basically just like (laughs) the conclusion was that I got a lot out of your out of your uh, course and I I went into it not really knowing what I wanted, but I got a lot out of it, if that makes sense. Like it's just you're if you're presented with an opportunity at your drop zone, even if you don't know who that person is, if you're presented with an opportunity to learn more about your canopy and more about your your skill set underneath a parachute, like you should probably take it. Because like even if you don't really necessarily know what it is you want to get out of it, like you're probably going to learn something. And it's probably going to make more sense. Like something's going to make more sense for you. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And people don't like. Not every coach is for every student. Yeah. Like somebody might say it different <laughs> than um, and, and some coaches, they kind of press upon their style onto yeah. you and it, it's your style that like it's yeah. we, trying to refine your style. So it's, yeah, for sure. Take as much canopy I mean, coursing that, as possible. That right there, like that statement right there is a great statement to have though, too. Like just in terms of being a coach and an instructor as someone who has been instructing for a very long time, just not in this arena, but like in a body flight style arena, you know, like being able to give your student a million different ways to do something and figure out what sticks you know or what makes more sense i don't know if that change if that changes though with canopy canopy related stuff so there's a very efficient way to fly there's a very narrow window of perfect efficiency okay but not everybody's goal is to be a robot under a parachute Mm -hmm. so you can make you can hone somebody's efficiency slowly over the course of a few jumps versus be like you have to do it this way and then like you have to do it this way. i told you to do it this way. and then like you could spend five six jumps with somebody you have to do it this way or you can hone yeah. <laughs> them into efficiency like mm-hmm. flying head down i'm not great at flying head down and i go in the tunnel and they're like you're gonna go on your head and i'm like i don't did not come here to go on my head i don't know what i'm doing and they're like don't do it like that and i'm like this is how i stay on my head though <laughs> And they're like, well, it's not efficient. And I'm like, well, I don't care. It works. Like, I'm not a tunnel head down flyer. I'm a skydive. Sometimes I end up on my head flyer. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's like uh, it's like one of those lathe things yeah. where you chisel away slowly at the piece of wood to r- refine it into yeah. a table leg or whatever. Okay. You know, everybody's a table leg. Cack, <laughs> <laughs> cack. Uh what different types of canopy coaching are you currently offering to the skydiving community? I, so, um, 
I like stopped kind of doing B. I did a bunch of B license courses at Cross Keys last okay. year because um, they like to have somebody on staff that does the B license course like once mm-hmm. a month. Um, but I kind of stopped doing the B license canopy courses because like Alter Ego has their silver course. Flight One has their 101, 102 courses. And that kind of network is oversaturated. Yeah. I take people um, that are kind of post B. They can still have 35 jumps and haven't taken their B license until infinity whatever mm-hmm. you do and i just try to turn the wood block into a table like i try to like <laughs> hone those skills so i've i've taken people that are contention for the u.s team this year and given them a big breakdown on what they can fix what they can change how they can hone that skill that they're trying to present to the competition environment mm-hmm. and then somebody that's like they can't stand up their landing Okay. Um, because they have 60 jumps and they just can't figure out this canopy or somebody that can't hit a circle full of rocks to save their life <laughs> or pilots that like have a the 500 jump wonder, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, yeah, I'm super skilled and definitely yeah. in this demographic statistically, but I don't think that I could land my reserve or yeah. like shit is going to hit the fan eventually. How do I not let it do that? And yeah. so teaching somebody how to, I call it the backyard drill, where you you land in a very short horizontal distance. And so it's, I take everybody, anybody okay. and everybody. I don't teach crew. I don't know anything about crew. <laughs> I know how to run into canopies. I know how to put my legs in canopies, but I don't know how to teach the first yeah. thing. Um, so I, but I teach every level. Okay. What kinds of things are people going to learn in, uh, like, I, I would break it down, I guess, into like three categories, right? Like beginner, intermediate, advanced. What kinds of things are people going to learn in those types of, uh, can you give like a brief overview? Of that yeah. Concept? So like a beginner, a beginner class, um, to me, they're going to get accuracy, like okay. a, a in-depth talked about accuracy. We're going to talk about the in, an in-depth, uh, talk about flight cycles and the pendulum effect. Okay. Um, pattern adjustments and mm-hmm. pattern altitudes and and i came from hawaii we mm-hmm. deal with the wind a lot so yep. a very in-depth uh talk on wind and turbulence and how the river move the river yep. of air moves up there um, an intermediate person is i teach intermediate advanced and competition level mm-hmm. that's how i break my people down okay. nobody's a beginner they've already gone through aff sure so like my advanced people are probably trying to how do you swoop right like <laughs> yeah. will you teach me to swoop so yep. i'm going to teach them like how, how to do stab out drills yeah. and start to mess with their front risers and we're going to do a lot of equipment talk on what do i use like mm-hmm. belly band brake length all these different different pieces of the puzzle to make it safe to do what you're attempting to do um and then the competition we're just at once somebody's swooping then i hone what they're doing so i Mm -hmm. hone their 90s or i transition them from 90s to 270s or like that class of people for me are all grouped together from 90s to 1440s we're all classed together because I introduce the fly site. So even if you're doing a 90 or you're doing a competition 990, we introduce the fly site. And I break down what a person's doing on a 990 and how that applies to somebody on a 90. And they're like, I've never even heard of a fly site. And I show them how we're reading things and that basically I try to blow their mind. So they get more information 
so they know that they don't know a lot of things and yeah. so they're they're learning that there's a lot of steps and then they're seeing the pilots that are in their area if not at their drop zone that they could go to to ask a question because they're like when i talk to somebody that's at a competition level i talk to them very technically mm-hmm. and then when i talk to somebody doing a 90 and learning how to swoop i talk to them very layman so that they understand and so they yeah. grasp the concept and then they're like what did he say to that guy? Like, <laughs> yep. So I, I don't try to get people more information that they need, but mm-hmm. I try to show them the big picture. Yeah. If you will. Okay. So <laughs> while you were, while you were talking about that, you talked about the advanced group, you're talking about gear and like brake line lengths and like <laughs> belly bands and stuff. <laughs> I just found out like the canopy that I took that course with you last year. It's the same one I'm jumping right now. It's the Is it crossfire crossfire three, the 99. <laughs> just found out this year the brake lines were really long on it and uh so last summer i had demoed one ages ago and it was on 22 inch risers and minor 17s so like substantially substantially different different. and so i had demoed one i was like i love this thing this is great like this is so much fun this is super cool uh landings are great like coming back from long spots awesome all this stuff and then i got the canopy that i had and i was like why are my landings so shitty (laughs) like someone had even made a comment like you okay like i was like am i just rusty after coming back from the tunnel like not jumping 24 7 you know like i had in years past like am i just like super rusty like do i not have this anymore <laughs> have i lost this skill and then i talked to kazu about it this year and he's like maybe your brake lines are too long he had asked me he's like you all right on that landing like, it looked like he dropped out on it and i'm like i don't know like <laughs> i don't know like i don't know what's wrong with this case i don't know what's something wrong with it he's like let's shorten your brake lines how about that and i went up and tested it and like held that flare and it just went right back into flight i was like yeah these are too long <laughs> like, these need to be these need to be short i've jumped that canopy for over a year <laughs> like that over a year of just terrible terrible landings and not understanding why like oh well, that's how go. much that's how much i i uh think about my canopy <laughs> and like canopies goes. Well. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> anyway this isn't right. the nicest field to slide yeah in, no it's not it really isn't yeah. that hill like i pounded in on that hill and they were like yeah you hit that hill really hard and now i'm thinking like maybe it's because these brake lines yeah. are too short <laughs> like, so i smacked in so hard on the hill anyway okay uh <clears throat> every pilot's different like they can yeah he's like 17 inch risers yeah. 47 inch brakes like yeah not a good combo so, you know like a, it's not a good combo like <laughs> Every one of them is different. And like in New England, I had a lot of students and I put the rigor to work. I was like, this guy needs longer brake lines. This one needs shorter brake lines. Mm -hmm. Like, like all of July, I was like shorter brake lines, longer brake lines, Mm -hmm. like all over the place with different people doing different things. It's like it definitely people buy their first rig and they're like, this is what it is. Like, I got to learn how to flare the sapphire because this is what it is. Like, get it configured to you. Everybody's but different. That's the point, though, is you got to ask questions. You yeah. have to be open to the information. I would have continued to, to jump that, that fucking configuration. Like People that are just setup. out there in the field just pig pinning, yeah. like just yeah. a dust a dust devil tornado of dust and lines. Yep. And you're like, when oh. are you going to get those brake lines? Yeah. What do you mean shortened? Right? Why would I do that? Yep, I would have never done anything about it <laughs> until Kazu was like, uh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, so like ask questions, like talk to people about it. Mr. Receive nice. He got Kazu, he just like yeah. stands around, watches Watching people all people. day. It's like, that's one of my favorite things to do. You, you like see so much. Mm-hmm. 
inefficiencies. I don't like to call them <laughs> deficiencies. I like to call them inefficiencies. So we know what, what participants like generally are looking for out of canopy courses, right? It's just to continue to get better. Um, like, is there any specific thing that you're looking for people to get out of it? Is it like a love for the discipline? Is it like just to make people better? Is it to like spread the word and knowledge? Like what is the intention here with, with why you're continuing to teach other people? Like, I think my technique works. That's okay. why I continue to teach people. Okay. What I want them to get out of it is whatever they want to get out of it. I, I wouldn't say I'm a people pleaser, I but I want to, to make the pilots of their canopy happy. Whether they just want to stand up a landing. When I'm filming a video, I'm like filming the video and like, oh my God, she stood up. Like I'm <laughs> as stoked as the person is maybe more stoked when somebody hits a target like over and over and over again. I'm yeah. like stoked. I just want people to fly a parachute safely mm-hmm. and think about the process okay. right just like we think about free fall like we go to the t- we don't get a canopy tunnel yeah. like you go to the tunnel i've got to get these freaking point turns down elbows and knees like we don't get that with it with a canopy so like yeah. your canopy tunnel is that five five hop and pop and so like i'm just trying to per- perfect that flyer in that in that realm so when they go do their free fly jumps and they open at four thousand feet it's almost come second nature, right? Yeah. Like, and I would rather everything somebody does under a parachute, unless they're pushing the line, is just come second nature. I can mm-hmm. pay attention to where other people are because everything else comes second nature. I know I'm going downwind because I already, I know. I yeah. don't know how I know anymore. I just know at this point. Like, so that's like what I want people to get out that it becomes second nature. Okay. And then. Because the more calm you become with the technique that you're using now, then you can change the adrenaline portion of it to learn a new thing that you can become calm during. And then you can add an adrenaline portion and then you can become calm doing something new again. And and that's like how everybody swoops. Do it until you're bored with it and then switch it up and then do it until you're bored with it. Like Mm -hmm. that's how... Pretty much everybody, every every swooper has gotten that advice. Well, should I do a, I'm doing 90. Should I keep doing 90? Should I do a 270? I don't know. Are you bored with your 90? Do you think it's perfect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Then let's make it imperfect and yeah. start doing 270s. Like, so it's, I, I am, I try to coach people into Zen, yoga, okay. the yoga side, like breathing, relaxing and chilling out. Yeah. Like, because we, that's why I don't like the word huck it. If mm-hmm. you huck it, you're probably being inefficient. It's a really if big movement, right? Hucking yeah. the idea of hucking it. It's yeah, a big, for sure. Big exaggerated movement that you don't really have a ton of control Where does that over. Even come from, right? It's yeah. like a like a motorcycle or doing like a tail whip <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's like it's a big, powerful movement where you don't necessarily need that in yeah. your everyday canopy pilot. You go to a competition, everybody makes a little grunt sound at the end of their turn because they're mm-hmm. hucking it super hard, mm-hmm. but it's clean. Like, we try to fly as clean as possible. Yeah. And the ones that are the cleanest are standing on the boxes, and the ones that are not the cleanest are flapping out their canopies by the tail, <laughs> getting all the water getting out all of the, the water pond. Out. <laughs> Put the water back in the pond. <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's a good, I feel like that's a good sentiment to have, like have it be second nature, right? Um, if you think about how many times you repeat the same stuff on every skydive, right? Like you repeat your handle checks, you repeat your, you know, your internal like dive flow, right? Uh, 
a lot of the things that we do in skydiving on a daily basis inherently just become second nature because you repeat the action so many times, right? But canopy, I feel like canopy flight and canopy skills are one of those things that like the variations constantly change and you don't have enough reps of like the consistent motion. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the same consistent motion time after time. Like one of my tennis coaches in high school used to tell me this thing like in order to get your serve down, you have to do it 1400 times exactly the same way before it becomes muscle memory, right? And like not necessarily in a row, but you have to do it 1400 times in order competitions for, you know? before they've done yeah, 1400 yeah. swoops. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like I feel like there are so many var- variables in canopy flight that you don't have control over that you have to be able to anticipate you not even anticipate you have to understand what it is these variable variables are doing to your canopy flight or to your to your parachute when i teach people about the wind it's like the more that you understand what the wind is doing where it's coming from why Mm -hmm. it's flowing the way that it does yeah the the more you can control the environmental impact yeah whether it's heat cool speed of the wind whatever it may be the gust the gust index whatever it may mm-hmm. be the more you understand that the more that becomes second yeah. nature and and then all you have to do is skillfully get through yeah. each of those different environmental impacts mm-hmm. but i mean i guess like to further further what i was saying is that like i in recent years i have i feel like i've gotten to a point where i can pretty much drop it where i want to Right. Like no matter what canopy I'm under, if I'm on my sport rig or on a tandem, I can pretty much put it down where exactly where I want to. But it's because I've done canopy courses. It's because I've done a bunch of these jumps. It's because I've uh, broken it down with other people, you know, to anticipate what it is we're doing. I'm planning it six steps ahead. I'm planning like in the airplane before we even take off, like I'm landing this direction. So I know I'm turning this direction. I know I have to fly this pattern like in this specific, you know what I mean? So what I'm, what I'm, I guess I'm trying to get at is like canopy is the one we have the least control over ahead of time, you know, because of like wind changes, because of other people in the sky, because of, you know, um, other like the airplane landing, you know, if it's cutting across your landing area, like it did back home, it would always cut on the south end of the south end of the um, landing area to get back to the loading loading spot. Uh, so it's just like there's there's so many things in there. And I feel like as a collective group of skydivers there's a large number of us who don't give it as much attention as it probably should as we probably should in terms of understanding different pieces of like different variables that play into what your canopy flight is going to be like I think that over time if you continue with it for long enough like me or like somebody else who works in this sport like you're gonna figure it out over time you're definitely gonna figure it out you know but like you could get yourself there a lot faster if you use the resources that are available to you no doubt Yeah. yeah yeah interesting Yep. Interesting. Uh, so this is kind of a cheeky question. Um, when someone immediately comes to you and says, I want to downsize or I want to change, change platforms and, or I want to swoop, what's your immediate advice? What's the immediate thing that comes to mind? I imagine you hear this a lot and you probably have like a certain type of feedback for individuals that do that or say those things. Like what would you say to someone like that? I say, don't listen to your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quit listening to your boyfriend okay. and the other guys at the drop zone. You don't need to downsize. Got it. Um, it's real. It's like yes, there's a certain set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really good article that, like, I think it was before I started skydiving that this article was posted on the Icarus website um, or Gyro or whatever it is now. Um, <laughs> the 
it was like 25 things that you should know how to do on your canopy before you decide to down. It, like some of them are on the B license, some of them are on the A card, like flare, flare unevenly, mm-hmm. what a, a bunch of things. Like one's like an intentional downwind landing and they even have like land on the side of a hill, which is good. Like, mm. um, <laughs> I've saved my skin in the paragliding world from landing on the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got to have San Diego. You would find yourself landing on the side of a hill if things had gone yeah. awry. Yep. Um, it's very case by case, but usually I'm like, I can't tell you if you should downsize or not until I see you jump. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to see somebody do at least one landing before I know where to even start with yeah. that person. So I don't like blanket. I, I like leave it to the locals yeah. like to, to tell somebody to downsize or not. Like if I don't have an experience with a person, whatever, if it was last year, like, well, last year you were doing this on this canopy. Like I'll go through a, a quiz with them to see where they've gone since I've seen them last. Or if it's somebody at the local drop zone that I'm at and I see them land a few times, like, well, you might not think about downsizing because it doesn't even look like you could land your canopy in the same spot. Mm -hmm. Generally three (laughs) times in a row, like let alone if you had to put it in somebody's backyard or, um, so I don't like have a blank. I don't have a blanket answer for that Okay, because no, everybody's different. Like yeah. nobody is the same pilot. We're all trying to get to the same place on the ground. Yeah. But everybody's got a different approach and there's a bunch of different formulas that that work. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an interesting uh, take on it too. And it's in it. I think it's a reflection of how things are changing in terms of like how we're applying new skill sets and advice and like technique and coaching to canopy piloting. When I first started, it used to be like, how many jumps you got? Nah, you don't need to downsize yet. <laughs> like it used to, yeah, it, it was used tied to literally to a, just be tied the to a jump number. Yeah. It used to be tied to like an one experience and number of years. One of my mentors sports. was yeah. like, do you think that why are you asking me yeah. why you think if yeah. I think you should downsize? Why do you want to downsize? Do you think you should downsize? Yeah. And why do you want to yep. downsize? And I'm like, well, I want to downsize for this reason. And they're like, that's a viable reason. Do you think you should downsize? Yeah. Well, yes, I do. Then why are you asking? Like, <laughs> not that you shouldn't ask somebody for their advice on downsizing, but I think that a person will know when it's right. Yeah. And if if they're remotely scared a little bit about downside, like where the big change is like uh, a 170 to a 150. Mm-hmm. Like if you're remotely scared because they've said, oh, 150 is a high performance canopy. Mm-hmm. It is. The lines are shorter. Like you're closer to the canopy. Everything is different. It's snappier. It, mm-hmm. Going from a 170 to a 150, you're like, holy crap, these things are <laughs> scary. Like. If you're scared on your 170, it's not going to make it better by going to a 150. Mm-hmm. There are some certain cases where downsizing isn't as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like a 110-pound girl mm-hmm. that's in the student program on a 220. Yeah. And she's like, well, should I get a 190? That was let's, me. Way let's sit down day. and yeah. talk about a couple of things because you should definitely not be on 220. Like. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be like, here, 30 square feet off. Here's your key to success. Like, so I think everybody's got to, 
the formula is not the same for yeah. everybody. So it's really case by case. Yeah, I think it's I think that's a reflect a good reflection of uh, of how things are changing because that's not just a sentiment I've heard just now. Like there's other people in the last few years that have been adopting more more like and I want to say I want to call it leaders like leadership. You know, in this field, like that have been saying things more along those lines of like it's a case by case situation. I don't have a good answer for you just right off the bat. Whereas like ten years ago, somebody would have been like, well, how many jumps do you have? You know, like well then you're not ready to do it you know or how long have you been in the sport oh well, you're not ready to do it you know um and and but the the thing that happened 10 15 years ago i'm just like i love looking at the statistics 10 15 <laughs> years ago people didn't have as many jumps as yeah. they went through these progressions and sizes they but they the tools were readily available mm-hmm. and nowadays the tools are still readily available but people are able to get so many more jumps so quickly mm-hmm. because we're not doing Cessna. We're, yeah. People are like, cool, I jump at that. Yeah, that was my home drop zone, that Cessna drop zone. And mm-hmm. like, this one's 40 minutes away and they fly a twin otter. Yeah. And so now they're going places that you can do 10 loads in a day. Yep. And and so they're not collecting the the big picture experience yeah yeah they are experiencing what they're experiencing but they're like they i got 2100 jumps in three years i was a knucklehead like (laughs) because i got so many jumps so fast because i had the money to throw at it Mm -hmm. and and i bounced off the ground on stilettos and velos i bounced off the ground like that that's what came with the territory like you bounce (laughs) off the ground but like i've never had a student bounce off the ground Mm -hmm. like I've had in a canopy course. I've yeah. seen some of my students fuck themselves up afterwards. Like you know, I got saw one go into a dust devil or a thermal bubble of some sort and rotate into the ground and fuck themselves up. I've seen people like crash wrong and fuck themselves up. But in a canopy course, I've never had anybody. One guy flared too high and broke his ankle or separated his ankle in a canopy course. It's like. I couldn't do anything about that. Like he, that's not even what we were working on. He just mm-hmm. flared too high. I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah. that shit happens. But there's so many. There's. I don't know. There's so many people giving good advice now mm-hmm. that like before it was like a lot of people giving mediocre advice. Yeah. Right. And like I think a lot of the grumpy old dudes in our sport, mm-hmm. and I use air quotes on that, grumpy old dudes in our sport are like timing out. Yeah. And and now it's more of a professional sport where we are looking at the statistics and we are we do see trends better and yeah. we have programmed ourselves to like we want this sport so we have to like capture these trends yeah. before they become an issue for legitimacy mm-hmm. really. So I don't even know what the question was. I, just, I feel like I just rambled on that one. No, it's know. all right. It's all right. That's where you get all those little t- gold pieces of, uh, you know, advice is when people ramble. Uh, no, that was great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's a fun, cheeky question. And it's always interesting to hear. Like, I think if you were to ask like a, uh, an AFF instructor just on a drop zone and be like, well, am I ready to downsize the answer? You shouldn't ask that person. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of canopy coaches. An AFF instructor is not a canopy. But people that have- is why there's a B license card because <laughs> AFF instructors are not canopy canopy yeah. coaches. Yep. They can teach you the basics of 
canopy, mm-hmm. but an AFF instructor's goal shouldn't be like, you need to be the perfect canopy mm-hmm. pilot. They should look at the chart and go, oh, we're going to do reverse turns. And they should explain to you how to do it, but not try to saturate you yeah. with that information. Their their goal is to give you the feel for a parachute and keep you on a 240 long enough that you can get to your B license mm-hmm. canopy course and you because now you have the feel for it let's explain what we meant by that yeah and then and then it's on you to go for yeah. I think you should have a canopy course A B C D I think everybody should take a canopy course and be required to yep just so that the all of this is where like the syllabus programs like the alter ego flight 1 yep. syllabus programs are great because it gives a blanket set of information Mm -hmm. i'm i'm in a different i'm in a different room i am teaching the student and not Mm -hmm. the not a course sit down look at slideshows those are great courses too but i'm teaching the pilot not the the information aff student or aff instructors teach survival skills that's yeah that's 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 what they do bring the boat back to the harbor yeah (laughs) and don't crash the boat into the dock (laughs) (laughs) that's a great analogy (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just all around, like all around a really good sentiment. And, and that's, really not a, good. that's not a blast towards AFF instructors. There's a lot of good AFF instructors that cross the boundaries of being yeah. canopy coaches. Yep. But as a blink, you're 300 jumps, yeah. getting an AFF rating. You I don't think, know anything about flying yeah, a canopy to begin yeah. with. I mean, to be fair, like they don't really know a lot about flying either. Like brand new AFF instructors don't know shit about yeah. what they're doing. Uh, they're just willing to take yeah. the hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I, I had that same. I used to think like, oh, yeah, I'm an AFF instructor. I know how to teach you how to skydive. Like <laughs> I went to the tunnel and I was like, wow, shit, I don't really know anything about this. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> imposter <laughs> i'm an imposter man that's why i don't go to the tunnel much because yeah. when i go to the tunnel they'll be like you don't know what you're doing yeah, no. and i'm like you're right becoming and i don't like to be told that so i'm going back to the sky <laughs> becoming a tunnel truck instructor completely revolutionized the way i looked at uh, i saw teaching students like aff students and uh people in the tunnel right it completely changed revolutionized like my understanding of like how to can <coughs> how to convey information but the type of information I need to be conveying at different stages and like the reality is is AFF instructors like those types of people in the drop zone they're teaching you how to survive and if any instructor says different like they're full of shit <laughs> like, no, like no. that is what an AFN, FF, excuse me, AFF instructor's job is is teach your student how not to die that's really it like how do you get them and deploy yeah. with yeah. their shoulders square to some point yeah. on the horizon yeah like what are the spins for the spins yeah. are just so they can stop spinning <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it really like okay <laughs> just, can you stop sweet you can stop we can continue uh yeah no that's great um you want to play a game really quick sure okay it's 20 questions okay we play this for some of the end of or we do this for some of the individuals that come on and talk uh kind of like how we have um you have 20 opportunities 20 questions to figure out what item i am okay i'm a skydiving item okay I could be anything on the drop zone. I could be in the hangar. I could be in the plane. I could be the plane itself. I could be outside. I could be part of gear. I could I could be anything skydiving related. It's not going to be like a bottle, like something that you could find on a drop zone. It's not going to be a person. No, it's not going to be a person okay. either. It's an inanimate object. Um, cause the problem with people is I could pick somebody, but I don't know if you know who that are, that person is. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. So, so, um, 
it's not going to be something arbitrary like a computer or like a TV screen or like a bottle or a, or something. It's, it's going to be, be something, something specific, specific to skydiving. Okay. Yeah. So I've had people play this game in the past and pick like a toilet. And I'm like, that's not that's not how you play it's this very game. Very specific to skydiving. <laughs> yeah, game. yeah. Right so, after that first jump and that first cup of coffee, it's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have 20 questions. If you get to 10 questions and you're just stumped and you don't even know what to ask, like I will give you a clue. If you get to 15 and you're really fucked, like I will give you a second clue and then I'll give you one more opportunity right before you get there. There's only been a few people who have not gotten that question. Gorka. Gorka's the Gorka didn't Gorka's get the one. <laughs> Gorka's the only the one that people? hasn't yeah. gotten it's it. A singular call out. <laughs> Which I thought was wild, yeah. but yeah, yeah. He uh, I was totally expecting him to get it, like figure it out right away. Because well, he likes games. He really Yeah. I'm we'll not see. very good at 20 questions, but like. <laughs> we will see. We'll see about that. All right. So I will write down things in case you need a review at any point. Like to like, sometimes re- the review will help. Okay. Like, okay. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Do I get a clue to start or I just have to nope. like. Broad spectrum questions. You got to. something in Skydiving. Think about how to eliminate a whole bunch of stuff all at once. That narrows it down really fast. Kazi was terrible yes, at this. Yes, yes and no questions. Yes and no okay, questions. Okay. Um, if I don't understand what it is you're asking or if it could potentially like encompass a few th- or it might fuck you up, I'll ask for clarification. Uh would uh, Yeah. <laughs> would you pay somebody um to serve to service this item? That's such a weird question. <laughs> like you're talking about like a rigger? Like a like yeah, a Yeah, rigger or a yeah, rigger or I mean I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the item reusable? Yeah. Does the item typically fail? No. I'll edit out all these uh, long silences. Too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if I'd like to, if I do something, I want to be good at it. You yeah, know? So I, I want to get in as few questions as possible. I don't want to fail. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what okay. it is. <laughs> don't be gorka you got <laughs> <laughs> see what i like about this is i know he doesn't have enough time to listen to these yeah. ever so he'll never hear this <laughs> yeah he's too busy turning points um, <laughs> it's like i have a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, how do you think they do it i don't know i mean i don't i was like i asked katie the other day i'm like do you have a job what do you do and she's like yeah, yeah i have a job i'm like when do you work i know yeah i see you more than I, you jump more than I do. I don't know how they're making the roommate situation work because, like, they spend all their time. Do together. they all live together? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! I think the only one that doesn't live with them is Greg. All oh. three of the other ones live together, and I'm like, how do you guys tolerate each other? Do they live here. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, I don't know enough about <laughs> the team. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So we've done three questions. <laughs> Zen. Do you wear this item? No. Oh. Okay. Wow. I'm stumped. <laughs> I told you I'm not good at this. Question myself in the hole. You don't. So you don't wear it. It typically does not fail. Doesn't fail. Doesn't fail. Typically doesn't fail. Um, and it is reusable. Most of the stuff on the drop zone is reusable, though. Well, see, I was like eliminating like rubber bands, closing loops. Like those are oh, all yeah. reusable, but they are mm-hmm. considered a consumable. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't wear it, but you have it. Um, can you put other stuff into this item? No. I think we should play this game as like a Friday night event 
at the drop zone. I think we should have like a 20 questions like uh I mean, if it took like people bracket. as long as it took me to ask the next question, it'd take forever. <laughs> Be one game of 20 questions that lasts four hours long. Is this item in the airplane? Like always? Or can you put it in the plane? What's the question there? Both of them? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a yes or no question. Okay. Yeah. Is this item in the airplane sometimes yes this is almost not fun (laughs) (laughs) um i want to i want to get it already (laughs) is this item required for skydiving uh that's a yes and a no answer because if you're if it's being used then yes but if you're not Using it, no. <laughs> that doesn't really answer the question. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, it's a yes, that's a yes and a no. Like, if you're is, using it, yes. If you're not using it, it would be it, necessary no. for your skydab, yes. If you're using it. If you were using it. If you don't use it, though, it's not. Do you have to turn this to um, device on? No. Is this device a component of another device? Yes. Is this component? Uh, is this is this component of another device? Do you have to wear the other device? Yes. Do you, did I already ask? Do you put stuff? Wait. In it? So say that again. As did an ex- as an example, like a deployment bag. Do like what you wear the container. You're not technically wearing. You're the wearing de- the other device. You're yeah. wearing the yep. okay. Yes, that's a yes. Um, and I already asked, do you put stuff in it, right? And you said no. Yeah. You're at 10 questions, by the way. Good. Do you want a clue? Sure. Okay. It's an advanced piece of skydiving something. Advanced skydivers would use it. It's an advanced piece of device. It's an advanced advanced device. Something, uh, something an advanced skydiver would use. And you don't have to turn it on. Nope. Oh my goodness. So it's reusable. Doesn't typically fail. You don't. You don't wear it, but you wear the thing that it goes in. You can't put things in it. In this item, it sometimes goes in the airplane. It's not necessary for all skydives. Uh, component of another device doesn't turn on, and it's something an advanced skydiver would use. Somebody in their car right now is like Patrick. <laughs> fucking say this (laughs) um so can i like it's one of my questions asking you if it is this device Mm -hmm. is it a tracker no well shit (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm gonna be in the gorka class (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's what we're calling it (laughs) okay i told you i was not good at 20 questions you'd be all right you're at 11 now you got nine more Think about how to eliminate more items. Like, what can you ask that will eliminate more items? I don't know. <laughs> it's oh, a process so, of elimination. So this, this, game. this is what's happening in my mind right now. Yeah, I'm thinking of everything <laughs> in skydiving, <laughs> and I can't narrow it down by any of the answers that I've gotten already. Process of elimination. Yeah, That's I'm what not, this game is all about. Yeah. Oh man, this is a terrible game. 
Um, does it go on your rig? Like, what do you mean on your rig? Does it attach to your rig? Does it attach to the container? To or the just container? is it part of the rig? Is it a part of the rig? Yes. It's not necessary on every skydive. You don't have to turn it on. Do we're you gonna, have gonna... to fasten it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it an RSL? No. Perfect. Uh, it's a belly band. What, what did it's you What did you band. say? The It's not necessary on every skydive? It's not necessary on every skydive. Is it necessary on every skydive? If it were in the rig, it would be necessary on the skydive. If it was not in the rig, <laughs> it would not, not be, be necessary. necessary. <laughs> that doesn't answer the question at all. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to phrase that without totally giving away what it is. So, oh, is the item, um, can, can you take it off at your leisure? Yes. Is it an uh, RDS? Yeah! Okay. <laughs> Look at you! Because <laughs> that's, I mean, you explaining that, that bit, it's like, whoa. It I'm is like, a necessary piece because it it's a slider. Piece. It is, and it's a necessary piece when you're using it. Yeah. But if you're not using it, no, you don't need it because yeah. something else okay. is on your canopy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully. That I was would, a weird question. Let's not recommend that people don't use a slider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for anybody that's not that listen is listening and doesn't understand what an RDS is, because that was one that I didn't know about until like ten years ago, maybe like ten years ago, I, I saw someone with it and I was like, "What is that? Oh my god!" Can you explain what an RDS is for anyone that's listening? An RDS is uh, it's your slider, right? And some people remove so some people remove their sliders, mm-hmm. um, and they're basically removing the skin section of the slider, not the grommet section mm-hmm. um and that's a removable slider okay. a removable deployment system is a lanyard device it's a wide lanyard one side comes from the rear left one side comes from the rear right they meet in the middle and they go on like a 36 inch string it's a land we call it a lanyard mm-hmm. um and then that's fastened to your con um your deployment bag and and your pilot chute that contraption that would normally hooked to your connection point on your canopy Mm -hmm. anything that's flapping in the wind is dragging through the wind yeah so that's why people would use a removable deployment system Mm -hmm. it's it is for an advanced skydiver (laughs) some people would say oh it's safe to use on every skydive in hawaii i would use a removable deployment system on every skydive you are asking for a few more malfunctions with another contraption if Mm -hmm. you will um but the man there's like no manufacturers that recommend that you use it at a terminal Mm -hmm. um deployment because it can burn the skin of your parachute if you get a line twist it could lock the line twist um but yeah it takes it takes all the crap off the parachute that you don't need after it's deployed Mm -hmm. and makes you go real fast it's a a hefty percentage of increase and Mm -hmm. For somebody pushing the line, it's it definitely you change what you're doing with yeah. this with the pilot shoot and d bag dragging or without <laughs> everything on there. It it's you could really screw yourself up just by taking that crap off of there mm-hmm. and then 
power on turn yeah. and like whoa never mind fucking ground <laughs> got on, real big because yeah. you, uh, you eat through the air way faster yeah. without all that crap on there uh, a good telltale sign though if someone's using it if you don't know what to look for if you're a jumper who doesn't have any idea what it is we're talking about when you go to the drop zone and someone unrolls their slider from with the you know, yeah, the, the with the lanyard, yeah, yeah, they 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 roll it up and they're packing. And they've got their canopy over their shoulder, and then they pull the slider out of their pockets and they unroll the whole thing. Like that's an RDS. Like that's what you're looking at. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. While it takes up like twice as much room <laughs> as packing normally, <laughs> somebody just like throws a yeah. six foot bridle plus a four foot lanyard out there. Mm-hmm. Like everybody just can only pack <laughs> one direction because we're all taking up too much room. Wild. Wild guys. Um, well, hey, I appreciate you yeah. for, for doing this and spending an hour and a half with me. Like, that's very nice of you. Uh, it was super fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. great. Uh, we're going to kind of sew it up that because, or sew, sew it up there because uh, there's a party going on next door. There's a couple it's of Teresa's bur- birthday. There's a couple of birthdays that yeah. they're celebrating. I took my sunglasses off halfway yeah, through. Yeah, you I did. Was less nervous. It wasn't even halfway. It was yeah. like in the first like yeah. quarter. I was I like, like popped them on go. my forehead and then I was like, <laughs> and now they're on the table. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Pat, thank you. I appreciate it. Everyone probably got a huge kick out of this, uh, out of this episode and hopefully they learned a little bit, a little something about like how to approach canopy stuff, like moving forward, who to ask, like what resources to use, that kind of stuff. And hopefully there's a few people in here who are like, I want to learn from that guy. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Blue skies. Stay safe. Bye.